0: Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners as our listener support campaign continues. And I want to thank some folks who have supported our listener support campaign. I want to thank Jeff, who's become our latest Patreon supporter at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Also, Martin and Mike, who sent along a one-time donations, thank you so much for your support. Today's program does focus on the one-time donations, support.greatdetectives to support us by Zelle or PayPal. And we have quite a few options that we're offering in terms of books, DVDs, and uh, audio drama downloads. With a donation of $20 or more, I'll gladly send you an ebook. All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo, All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet, Slime Incorporated, or Tales of the Dim Night, Fly Another Day, as well as other options available at support.greatdetectives.net. And for a donation of $100 or more, I'll gladly send you the uh, 1954 Dragnet movie or your choice of... Seasons one, two, three, or 4 of the 1960s Dragnet TV series. Also, if you've enjoyed the uh, series Decoy, starring Beverly Garland as a policewoman, all of the episodes, including those that are still under copyright, have been released on DVD, and we'll gladly send that to you with a donation of $50 or more. A full list of available thank you gifts are at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Dragnet, the original aired date, 8, September the 11th, 1952. This one is The Big Tear.
1: You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to burglary details. In a year's time, a burglar has taken approximately $80,000 in money and jewelry. None of his victims can describe him. Your job, get it. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law to an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. Tuesday, July 10th, hot the Copy Walk Angels. We were working with a day watch out of burglary Detail. My partner is Paul Smith. The boss is Captain Wisdom. My name's Friday. It was 8 02 a.m., and I got to room 45. burglary. That's you, Joe? Yeah. How about that fight last night, huh? Did you see it on Channel 4? No, I started to watch it. The set went off. Did you do? I don't know, Joe. Fitchy got all fuzzy and started to wobble. You know, like when an airplane goes over from the set and trains. Oh, yeah, I know. The set's been acting up lately. I thought it might be something wrong with the aerial, so I figured I'd take a look at it. Mm hmm. Not the ladder out, got up on the roof. Sure enough, one of the wires on the thing was off, just hanging by a little bit of the rubber coating. Mm-hmm. I back down to get the wire cutters to fix it, couldn't find them. Had to use scissors to strip the insulation off the wire. Got the wire all fixed to put back down, then I couldn't find the pliers to get the nut off the area. Looked all through the house, no so. Well, what'd you do? And I could do, try to get the nut off with the scissors. Broke them. Finally went back into the house to listen to the radio. Fight was over. Yeah, only went four hours. Yeah, I found that out. Got the radio on just when the announcer was giving the last commercial and me had to talk. Uh, again? Yeah. I told I was going to buy a whole new set of tools. The first time I saw the kids with one of them, I was going to raise the roof. me mean happen? Yeah, it did. Made some remarks about them only being kids. Said if I wanted to keep the tools out of their hands, I should put them in a place where they can't reach them. So I want trouble, Joe. So. What's that? Mike and Stacy. There isn't such a place. Maybe yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's me. sure a good fight though. Too bad you miss it. Yeah. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Right. Later, William what's yeah, up? Sit down. Just got a call from the Wilshire division. That's been the burglaries they've had out there. mm mm-hmm. They can't spare the man to give this thing the time it looks like it's gonna take the it or so I'm putting you two on it. Here's all the time reports, huh? Looks like we've been busy for the reports here. What's he picking? Money and jewelry. Mm-hmm. Use a cellulite strip to get into the houses. Not much unusual about that. Yeah. According the reports, he's been hitting around three thirty to six in the afternoon. Yeah, he evidently rings the bell first to see if there's anybody in the house, and if there isn't, he uses a cigar to open the door. Goes through the house, then leaves by the back door. What's this deal about the glass of milk? Well, that's the one part of his MO that's new. It seems every place he goes into, he has a glass of milk before he leaves. A full summer glass. I haven't found any yet. Seems to wipe the glass clean before he leaves. The stats office come up with anything on the MO? Nothing hasn't been checked out. The leads they gave us didn't a press. How about the victims? Anyone ever seen the guy? Not good. A couple of them caught glimpses of him leaving the house. Didn't realize at the time that he'd just come from their face. How about a description? Everybody that's ever seen him tells a different story. Some have him tall and thin. Others have him short and husky. Some have him dark. Others light. Like. Anybody's yes. Oh, that makes it easier. Have been working in one area, Stephen? Yeah, according to those reports. He works around them here. And here. And most of the people on the south. The, Bay the Robertson in the West. A lot of area skipping, yeah. you know. How about help? Much as you need. Metro will give you as many men as they can spare. Said you could probably count on ten teams. Well, we should be able to patrol the area pretty well with them. You hit more than one place a day? Yeah. Sometimes three or four, depends on how much time it takes him to go through a place. Well, Rubber works later than six o'clock. No, I thought we know. pretty smart. More people on this the streets that time of day less likely to be noticing. That's mm-hmm. probably the way he figures it. I still don't think I get this milk for Yeah, it's a weird one. Do you have it every place he goes? Seems to. The owner comes home and finds all the money and jewelry in the place gone and an empty glass on the table in the living room. Living room? Yeah, in the living room. Evidently pours the milk right after he gets into the house and carries it around with him while he works. Changes it up before he leaves. Boys and who have found those rings, you know, when you put a glass down until yeah. found them all over the house. They didn't find any prints at all. No, Leighton Prince has gone over the places completely. Everything they found has a right to be there. Along with the family or friends. $2,000. How about the pawn shop detail? Are they No, nothing. None of the jewelry's turned up as far as we can tell. It looks like a gem, huh? It is. It's all yours. Alright, we'll get started on it right away. You two stay on this until you clean it up. Right, Skipper. Any ideas of where you're gonna start? Well, only one place, the neighborhood where he works. Yeah? We don't know him, but he'll come to us. Frank and I went over the report. In general, the operation was the usual type. Use of a celluloid strip can or a house wasn't new. The suspect operated during those times when detection was least likely. He never operated in the rain. All in all, with the exception of the milk drinking, the case could have been a hundred others. Frank and I spent the rest of the afternoon talking to the victims who had seen the burglary. They were all sure that the man they'd seen was the one we wanted, but their description varied from each other. All the victims had been shown mug books but failed to identify the suspect. They called Metro Division and asked them to give us as many radio units as possible to cover the area. They assigned 10 cars to the detail. Frank and I covered the entire area in our car. Wednesday, September 5th. Two months had passed, during which time the burglar hit only two houses. In spite of the heavy patrol action in the area, he got away safely in both instances. Five forty-five. 45 p.m. Looks like another day shot, huh? Yeah, another 15 minutes to go. Well, one thing, anyway, is calm down, Joe. He's going to make a hundred thousand this year. Wait Right? Huh? Yeah? Up there on the left. White house? Yeah, I can see. Uh, pull over here and we'll walk down. Right. Come on, you can get on my side. All right. Still working? Yeah, probably a double lock on that door, huh? Celluloid won't work there. a little trouble, mister? Huh? Looks like you're having a little trouble getting that door open. Oh, yeah. I lost the key. you police officers? Yeah, that's right. i oh, happy to know you're on the job protecting my house and all. Sure appreciate it. What if we can see your identification? I beg your pardon? Your identification? What if we can see it? Well, what's the matter? Don't you believe me that I live in this house? We just like to see your ID. Nothing wrong with your thought to us, is there? Oh, of course not. <laughs> he looks like I left my wallet in the house. What's that gadget you we were trying to get into the house with, right there? Oh, this he should tell you. I read about it someplace. I happen to have it. Mm-hmm. So now, what do you tell the street? Yeah, sure. What do you want? What's the address of the house you live in? The address? Yes, sir. You guys still don't believe I live here, do you? The address, what is it? Uh twelve hundred block in Allendale. What's your name? Anderson? Jack Anderson. Maybe and you can explain why the name of the mailbox is Radcliffe, huh? Oh well, yeah, sure I can explain. You see, I'm just visiting here. Summer vacation just out here a couple of weeks. All right, Mr. Stansco. Hey, wait a what's going on? You got no right to stand. how about this wallet? Is it good? Yeah. Oh. Uh come on, give it back, and uh, let's take a look here. You said your name was Anderson, is that right? Well yeah, but I can explain that. Yeah, I hope so. i gonna get a little involved, though. Oh, what's wrong? Two things wrong house and wrong identification. <laughs> Frank and I took the suspect back to the city hall for interrogation. Although he gave us the name Jack Anderson, all his identification bore the name Robert Red Neal. We ran the name through r and Neal had several previous arrests on burglary charges. According to the record, there were no wants on him at the time. 6.20 p.m., Frank and I questioned Neal. All right, Neal, come on off Okay, so you know I don't live in the house. It looks like one I do live, in. I just made a mistake, that's all. They build all these houses out here so they look... Well, no, look, you. don't ask us to believe that one. I'm not asking you to believe anything but the truth, and I'm telling you that. Sure, now, what about your record? Well, what about it? Well, a burglary recharge. All right, I did a little time. Now, what's that, fool? I'm going straight now. You still can't come up with a story to tell why you were trying to get into that house. I told you, I thought it belonged to a friend of mine. What's his name? I don't remember. You like milk, Neil? Huh? You like Milk? Look, I don't get this. What are you trying to prove? You can answer the question. Do you like law? I can take it or leave it alone. I'm a big boy now. Sometimes I drink coffee. How long have you been in town you? Know? A couple of weeks. Why? Where were you before you got here? Up north. Where up north? Down Sacramento. What'd you do up there? A few odd jobs. Look, if you guys are going to book me, then do it. Let's get this yak over. A couple of things we want to settle first, you Will. Know? What? How long were you up north? Um, I guess it has been about six, seven months. Seven months. You got anything to prove in that? Look, why should I have to prove anything? You guys figure you got a rap you can stick me with? Okay, try it. Book me it. Look, don't press me. Look, Can you prove you up north for the last seven months? Yeah, it shouldn't be any trouble at all. Who do we talk to? The sheriff up there. He had me in the can. After waiting for two months, the one suspect we were able to turn had an alibi that we couldn't shake. Frank and I went back to rolling steakhouse. The burglaries continued. Evidently, the burglar was getting more and more reckless. The police cars in the area were acting as less of a deterrent to his activity. In two weeks, he looted 16 homes. A week of bad weather brought his operation to a standstill, but as soon as the rain cleared, he went back to work. Tuesday, October 9th, we got a call from an elderly woman who said that she had information regarding the burglaries. Frank and I drove over to talk to her. Won't you to sit
2: down, officer? Thank you, Yes, ma'am.
1: Miss Blair, you said on the phone that you had something to tell us about the burglary.
2: Yes, I have. Would you like a little something to eat? Sandwich, coffee. I just took some cookies out of the oven. Maybe you'd like some of those and glass of milk. No, ma'am, thanks. now
1: Can you just tell us what you know,
2: please. Well, I feel a little silly about his officer. At first, I didn't think I'd say anything about it, but then I got to thinking. I figured it might be better if I did tell you. Yes, ma'am. It's about the burglaries, you know. Yes, ma'am. That's what you said on the phone. Phone? Oh, oh, yes. You mean when I called? Yes, was.
1: Could
2: you please tell us what it is if you have it? Of course. I guess I'm just being a coward about it, not telling you right out, but when you hear the whole story, you'll understand. Uh You see, I went out to the store yesterday afternoon and had a sale on frozen foods down at the supermarket. Wonderful bargains, fruit juice at 12 cents a can, prices on vegetables where you just wouldn't believe it. We understand
1: that, ma'am. Now,
2: how about the burglaries? Oh, yes. Well, I went to the market about 2 30. That's when I left the house. Normally, I meet my husband after work. He brings me home. Only yesterday he didn't. Uh-huh. He had some work to do in his office. He's in the office. Yes, ma'am. Well, yesterday he didn't bring me home. I caught a ride with that nice Mrs. Cardington. There's two doors down. She brought me home yesterday. Got here about 3.45. Remember looking for the mantle clock when it came in? Uh, that's a there. Yes, ma'am. Clock has always kept perfect, time. wedding present. Lovely thing. Yes, ma'am. It's very nice. Isn't it the gold work on the face? I mean, we don't like to be rude, but if you just tell us what you know about the burglary. What? Well certainly. And you see, I came into the house and there he was. What? Yeah? The burglary. There he was in the hall, drinking a glass of milk. Such a nice looking boy. Just a there for a minute, drinking the milk. But well, what'd he do when he saw you? And he put the milk down on the telephone table and then he started to run to the back of the door. I told him to stop. Did he? He well, must first. Then I told him that my husband was out in the back, out in the garage. He stopped then. Come on, man. I asked him what he had been in my house. What oh, did he say? Nothing, really. He just stammered around and said that maybe he would made a mistake. I told him he would the head, into somebody's house. Just terrible officer. I just scared the wits out of me. Yes, ma'am. I started to tell him how he should be ashamed of self receiving from other people. I even told him. I said, you know, we haven't got that much, that we can have people like you come in here and steal. Then I picked up the phone and started to call the police. That's when he started to cry. I started to cry? Yes, just like a little boy. Put his hands up to his face and tears just streamed down his cheeks. What happened then, Mrs. Black? Well, when I saw him cry, he looked so small, like such a little boy, that I went over to him and comforted him.
1: You didn't get in touch with
2: the police, Max? Well, no. I suppose I should have, but I didn't. When I got the boy calmed down, he told me that he didn't know what he'd do if his family found out about it. He told me about his mother and how she died when he was just a baby and how his sister raised him. He said she was just a couple of years older than him. I asked about his father, and he said that his father was a drunk, that he had to bring in what money the family needed. said that his sister was sick, bad heart, and at the shock of his being arrested to kill her. Well, now, I asked the officers, what could I do? Oh, what did you do, old boy? I told him to sit down. I wanted to talk to him. We went out in the kitchen, and I asked him if he was hungry. You know, going, going, and all. I thought he might like a sandwich or something. Mm-hmm. He said that he didn't want anything to eat, but he said he would like glass of milk, so I poured him one. He
1: said that you would talk
2: with him? Yes, I thought that maybe I could talk him out of continuing, this age evening. I think he had a job, something to earn an honest little He told me that he'd tried to find work after school, but anything he'd did get just didn't pay him enough. He tried to get along on the money, but it just wasn't enough, medicine for his sister and all. There was his father. Horrible man. But so what did he say about his
1: father?
2: Oh, well, he told me all about him, how he drinks and causes trouble, spends what little money they have on liquor. Did
1: he boy tell you his name then?
2: Not at first. He said he didn't want me to turn him in. I told him that I wouldn't, and then he said he was Bob, Bob Allison. Did he tell you where he lived? Not exactly. Said some place out on East Los Angeles. I got the idea that he wasn't too proud of his home. Say that right now. Mm-hmm. How about a description, ma'am? What he looked like? Well, now let me think. Well, I'd say he was young, about 17, maybe 18. Such a young man to do something like this.
1: How tall would you say he
2: was Tall? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess as tall as you are. Maybe just a teeny bit taller. That made him about six feet? Yes, I guess so. How
3: about his build, man?
2: Oh, nice, broad shoulders. You got no idea how I felt when I thought about this boy being a thief. Terrible, huh?
1: So, would you say he was heavy or slight? Uh, about how much would you say he
2: weighed? Oh, I, I, I'm bad at guessing people's weight. It'd be difficult to say. Well, ma'am,
1: would you say he was as heavy as I am?
2: Yes, about your weight. Well, so how about the color of his hair? Light, nice, brown hair. And a right here in front, blue eyes. Looked like such a little boy who cries. Yes,
1: ma'am. Now, was there anything unusual about him that you might have noticed? Scars, moles, anything like that? No, not a thing. How about the way he talked, a little old lady?
2: Mm-mm, Sorry
1: about his clothes, Mrs. Blair? How was he dressed?
2: A pair of slacks, a white shirt, and a tie. A button was missing from his shirt. Poor boy. Probably hasn't got anyone to take care of his clothes. Had on a school sweater. You know the kind of the students get when they're going to graduate? Has the initial of a school on it and no stripes on the scene. Yes, ma'am. What was the initial on the sweater? Well, there wasn't one. It had been taken off. I could tell that there had been one, though, because a few of the threads were still in the wall. How
1: about the color of the sweater?
2: Brown. and dark brown yellow stripes. Now, Miss Blair. Yes?
1: A glass of milk that the boy drank from the glass. Has it been washed yet?
2: I thought you'd ask about that. No, I stepped aside for you.
1: You have it now, ma'am?
2: Yes, it's in the kitchen. My husband said he wanted. want it. He was hopping mad when he heard about it. He just about raised the roof right off the house. I wonder if we could see that glass. Well, of course. It's right out here in the kitchen. There it is on the green board.
1: Anybody touch the sister boy?
2: No, I don't think so. My husband either, but I don't think he did. He was quite adamant about me not washing it until you came. Well, Miss
1: Blair, this happened last night. How was it you waited until this morning to report it?
2: Well, at first I believed the boy. Then I mean, he thought that it was just circumstances that made him steal. I felt so sorry for him when he broke down and cried. Right here. Leave him. Give him every chance. At that time I let him go. I thought that it might to do some good. It was a new beginning. And I told my husband about it. Like I said, he was pretty sore. Talked about the young thief. Never had any children of our own. And I felt so sorry for the boy. I guess my husband couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. When Bob, that's his name. Mm-hmm. When Bob said he was sorry, I believed him and let him go. So he walked right out of the house. My husband got home and I told him. He said to call you. I tried to talk to Sam, that's my husband, Uh and make him understand, but he insisted. And then this morning, of course, I agreed with him, and so I called you. Why was that? Bob stole my watch.
1: 5 a.m. Frank and I went back to the office. We ran the name Bob and Robert Allison through R&I. There was no record on anyone answering his description. We got on a local broadcast and an ATV on him. Mrs. Blair went over the mug books but was unable to identify the boy. Frank got in touch with the Board of Education and asked for the name of the school using the colors brown and gold. They told him that it would take a little time to check but that they'd call us back. We notified the cars from Metro of the new developments and gave them the description of the boy. A check of the phone books for the name netted us nothing. Latent Prince was sent out to the home of Enid Blair to get the fingerprints of she and her husband. In checking over the empty glass found in the Blair home, besides the prints of Mr. and Mrs. Blair, Dean Bergman came up with a partial unidentified print. It was not enough for classification, but he told us that if we turned the burglar, he could tell us if we had the right man or not. 4.30 p.m., Frank and I cruised the area the burglar had been working in. We were in constant contact with the other ten cars in the field. they'
3: so are still working his this neighborhood, Jeff? Well, we got no choice till so we hear otherwise. Funny about the Blair woman, isn't it? What? You know, turning the kid loose. She must have put on a oh, show. Yeah, sure. What time you got? 4.38. Got another hour and a half. Hi? Yeah, Joe. Up ahead there in the corner? Yeah, a brown sweater could be. All right, let's go. He sees us making a break through that yard there. stop it. What about that garage. I'll try and hit him off. All. all right, watch it. Shall we sure see him? No, we missed him someplace. Better get back to the
1: car. Right. 1K80 to Unit 2R1. Unit 1K80 to Unit 2R1. Come in, please. Unit 2R1 to 1K80. Suspect WMA, 17 to 19 years old, wearing tan trousers and brown and gold sweater, fleeing on foot. Last seen going east on Chalmers Drive at corner of Spaulding Avenue. Please block at Chalmers and Hayworth. Repeat, please block at Chalmers and Hayworth.
3: Roger, 1K80.
1: Unit 2R7. Come in, please. Yeah, two R seven one K go ahead. You get the description, all right?
3: Yeah.
1: Want to cover Barrows Drive and Hay Street? Repeat, Barrows Drive and Hay Street. Over. Roger
3: one K 80
1: Units two R two, two R three, two R four, two R five, and two R six converge on area adjacent to Chalmers and Spaulding. Repeat, converge on corner of Chalmers and Spaulding. Unit two R twenty will direct operations. One K eight O out. All right, locked in. Let's find We knew the suspect was in the blockaded area. With the units from Metro Division blocking the street, there was no escape for him. Frank and I walked down Spaulding Avenue. Down the street, we could see Unit Two R Twenty getting into position. Sergeant Matthews was directing the operation from there. The search went on. Six forty p.m. We still hadn't found him. At each house, we notified the people to be on the lookout for the suspect. In the event they saw him, they were instructed to call police headquarters. They, in turn, would contact Sergeant Masters and appropriate action could be taken. 7.10 p.m. We just about covered the entire area. What do you figure, Joe? Yeah, I could have gotten there. has got to be in here someplace. Two more blocks to go, not
3: much cover. I he hasn't been sitting still. He's probably been moving, too. Yeah. How about that garage back there? Check it. Big hey, place, Joe. Looks like a workshop. Yeah. I wonder who it belongs to. Well, imagine that house over there, don't you? That's where the wire's leave. Wait a minute. Here, what's this? Broken padlock. This must be where he is. Not easy. All right, young fella, come on out. What do you think? There's no other door. Come on. All right, come on, boy. Give it up. We know you're in here the
1: lights, Joe. Yeah, I got them. Bigger inside than it looks. Doesn't places it could be hiding. Yeah, you want to check over there back of those lathes? I'll take this side. Right. i
3: will find them over here. How about you? No. How about that balcony up there? The wooden paint can't see up there? Yeah. Somebody could hide up there. All right, I'll take them up. Take it easy, Joe. Yeah. Uh, give it up, fella. You got no place to go. Joe, the paintbrush. Let me go. Yeah, Joe, I got it. Get away. Get away. All right, watch it, Frank. I see. Come here, you. I didn't mean to cut him. I told you to leave me alone. I told you. All right, come on, get up, you. How about it, Frank? You all right? Oh, Joe, just to cut it, isn't
2: it? Let me go. I didn't mean it. I got scared. I didn't mean it. I don't know what I'll
1: do if my family finds out. Yeah, sure. you going to tell us about your sister, the one who was sick and your drunken father? Huh? Well, are we going to get the full treatment here, the same one you gave Miss Blair? She told us, huh? Yeah, she told us. What's your name, boy? Akins. Robert Aikens.
3: Guess you sure got me tagged for the job, huh? Yeah, we got you tagged. Aussie deal. I thought for sure I had her figured. Crummy deal all the way around. I never should have started it. All I got was a lot of cheap jewelry and a little money. What do you mean, cheap jewelry? Our reports report you you got a little better than $80,000. 80000 That's a laugh. A lot of costume junk, a little money. $80,000. somebody has been giving you a snow job. When I didn't throw away, I still got cheap costume junk. That's all. All right, Aiken. Let's go. Yeah. I should have known not to trust that Blair woman. I should have known. I was caught before, you know, a couple of times. Oh? Yeah, a couple of times. They let me go. Started to cry. getting that story about my sister, let me go. It was the crying that really did it, though. As soon as I started to boil, they turned me loose. Good gimmick, huh, crying? Yeah, sure. I'll try it on the jury.
1: It won't work. The story you have just heard was true. The names were changed to protect the innocent.
3: Robert Charles Aiken was filed on and found guilty of 12 counts of second degree burglary. He was released to the Youth Authority for parolement and possible rehabilitation. A series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Technical advisors, Captain Jack Donahoe, Sergeant Rocky Wins, Sergeant Vance Brasher. Heard tonight were Herb Ellis, June Whitley, Jack Crucian. Script by John Robinson. Music by Walter Schumann.
1: Hal Gibney speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
3: This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and of Madam's Wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio.
0: Welcome back. Fake tears might be a good way for a young hoodlum to get away with it, even though it's not the most dignified way. I do wonder what was going on in this case because of him saying that he didn't get as much as the owners claimed, which suggests either one, that as he's a 17-year-old kid, he didn't quite know what he was getting, and he grossly undervalued it. Or two, the people who were being robbed overestimated it either out of sentimental reasons or perhaps hoping to rip off the insurance companies. Kind of curious as to what exactly was going on. You def, I definitely sympathize with the lady who did uh, let him go. And it was definitely a rotten thing that he did do to her in that. All right, well, now we turn to uh, some listener comments and feedback. A comment uh, from David who says, I wonder if the kid's story of prospecting in Mexico and being attacked by bandits was inspired by a treasure of the Sierra Madre. A bit of Bogart-Dragnet crossover. (laughs) Uh, David, I actually think that is uh, somewhat uh, plausible, you know, coming up with an idea obviously not actively thinking that he's ripping off treasure of the Sierra Madre in any way but just uh thinking of this cover story and saw the movie and so he ends up with bandits and prospecting in Mexico nice uh, observation and very plausible that's all for now speaking of treasure of the Sierra Madre though If you liked that, or any of our Summer of Bogart uh, films, we've got quite a few. If you heard the radio adaptation, you can actually get the film with a donation to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. For a donation of $50 or more, you can get uh, Casablanca, Uh, you can get The Maltese Falcon, and The Big Sleep. Also, uh, even though it doesn't have Bogart in either one, you also get the Postman Rings Twice and Dial M for Murder as part of the same package. Uh, African Queen, To Have and Have Not, or Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Plus, if you're into the uh, Blu-rays, uh, there are some additional options. Uh, you can get the Casablanca African Queen uh both films uh on DVD and that is with a donation of $50 or more. Also we do have some great audio dramas uh from the Colonial Radio Theater for either $25 as a download or $50 uh for uh CDs. You can get the Perry Mason uh mysteries th- uh on uh CD or download through the iTunes store. If you want the download, uh, please provide your iTunes email address, uh, as well as uh, Powder River, The Martian Chronicles, Gettysburg, The Innocence of Father Brown, and so much more. uh, Quite a few options that are available at uh, support.greatdetectives.net. But we will be back tomorrow with our next listener support special as we continue on with The Elusive Agent. And then on uh, Monday, be sure and listen to Nightbeat. Tuesday, it'll be Bishop and the Gargoyle. And then next Saturday, back here for another episode of Dragnet. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com radiodetectives.